Uh, hey. 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 <laughs> hey, welcome to uh, episode seven, for those of you keeping track of, of On Taking Pictures. Lucky number seven. How many people uh, are actually keeping track? There, there might be a few people keeping track. Okay. Good right. for them. Then- oh, yeah. Lucky number seven. We're a weekly podcast, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yep. Uh, talking about the art and the science of photography and making images. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com. And uh, with me is New York editorial portrait photographer, Mr. Bill Wadman. Uh, indeed, I am. Did you want to sing anything today? No, not this week. You were singing a little Neil Sedaka. Oh, God, here. man. Laughter in the rain. What a great tune. It, you know, come on. I like Neil Sedaka. Uh, no, it's good. I, with his daughter. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like 70s cheeseball music. Mm-hmm. Um, After the Lovin', that's a great tune. Okay. Uh, but we'll get into that later. We got, yeah. we got plenty of photo stuff to talk about. Could we, could we play some? We'd have to probably pay a fortune to play that. Could we play some Captain maybe maybe in the background? Oh, God, I could totally do that. Maybe if, I do less than three, little... if we do less than three seconds, I can edit it in afterwards. That would be awesome. I'll see what I can do. All right. Um, so what's, what are we starting with? Uh, well, how you been? You all right? I'm good. First of all, uh, I am uh, I'm, I'm not bad. Yeah, I'm delightful. Okay. Is that good? You're delightful. Yeah, I spent I spent all last week, not all last week. I spent two days last week, not all of two That's days. It's a big jump. All last week to two days. <laughs> not actually an entire two days. I spent like a half hour last week. I spent all of twenty minutes last week, um, uh, printing out stuff for my portfolio. Yeah, I saw that you posted some stuff. How to turn out? Uh, good. You know, you know, it was interesting. Um, getting back to that whole printing thing we talked about a few episodes ago, is uh, all the the myriad of settings there are when you print, right? Sure. I mean, th- not even getting into ICC profiles. I mean, it's just talking about what what color space are you using and and your your rendering intent and uh, um, what what the thing that was getting me was you can change the output resolution to to the printer. Mm-hmm. And so I was using 600 DPI because I was figuring, okay, more is better, right? And you're doing that in the printer control panel? This would be in Lightroom. Okay. Like over in the right-hand side of thing of the print mode. Okay. Um, and so I was trying 600 DPI, and the prints looked great. They looked fine, you know, but they but it was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm, on the next one, this one looks a little soft. On the next one, why don't I do a little research? So it turns out for these printers, these Epson printers, they like 360. DPI. It seems awfully low, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, right? But I mean, it's still three hundred over three hundred DPI, right? I mean, it's still high res. So, so I fed it three hundred sixty instead, and instantly, like boom, they are like tack sharp and beautiful. No kidding. Yep. Like sharper compl- than the six hundred. Wow. Sharper than the six hundred, and it has a lot to do with the way the drivers actually take the data and render it into the bunch of little dots that they're putting down on the paper. Mm-hmm. But uh, something to try if you're out there and you are a. Uh, an Epson person and I, you know, and I, so I printed out like 30 things and then a, a couple of my inks are sort of at the bottom of their barrel. I mean, yep. not just cause of those 30, cause I printed a bunch of other stuff before that, but this is my first set of inks, <coughs> excuse me, uh, on the R 3000 that I bought a couple months ago. And, uh, and so I was, I kind of wanted to push it until it told me that it couldn't print anymore without replacing them. Right. So I printed out like 30 things and they look great. And I'm going to put them in a little box and bring them as my portfolio. I just, you know, I don't like doing the books. Um, You like individual sheets? 
I prefer individual sheets just because then I can change up my book all the time if I mm-hmm. want to and replace stuff as things change or order and that kind of stuff. But I got to tell you, I used to I used to use uh, the Adorama books. In fact, you could still get like my motion book and, and drabbles and stuff from Adorama. And I won a couple like book awards with them, whatever that means. And I got a few hundred dollars of credit with them. Okay. So last week I ended up going and rebuilding my quote unquote portfolio as a nine by 12 book that I could uh, bring places. So okay. it's like, now is this, is this still printed on the Fuji? Yeah, they've it, actually Fuji switched. Or something? Now they're using Kodak uh, paper, but okay. you could, and you could choose like Kodak Pearl kind of paper or mm-hmm. Fuji glossy. And I chose the Kodak, uh, although I might choose the Fuji next time. Anyway, I laid it out. I uploaded a bunch of like high res photos uh, I laid it out, and uh, it worked great, I thought. And I left plenty of room around the edges because I didn't go full bleed. I like, you know, so if it's nine inches wide, I had the pictures be like eight inches or less, so there's a half an inch on each side. Sure. And you could automatically sort of size things to be within their cropping area or, you know, to go full page or whatever. So I lay the whole thing out, and I send it in. Now, this is the first time I've done a book with them in a, probably a year and a half. And uh, I went and picked it up last Monday. And uh, did we talk about this last week? I guess not. I think we talked about it offline. I th- yeah, think so, a little bit. Or you mentioned you were going to do it, or something. Right. So I went and picked it up, and I left. And I'm walking down the street, and I'm flipping through it, and the pictures look terrible. I mean, the color and brightness and everything is fine, but they're soft, and they were like skewed on the pages. Some of them all up to like a quarter inch. Wow. Like really bad. A couple of them were actually even cut off, like cropped. Like the the pages were trimmed so that it cut part of the picture off, huh? Because they were skewed so badly. Um, Did you go back and? So uh, I went back and I was like, "Look, yeah. this is unacceptable," you know. Um, and they said, "Oh, we'll have our, my manager. I'll give it to my manager. He'll he'll get back in touch with you." So a week goes by and I kind of forgot about it. And then I'm sitting there yesterday. And I'm like, "Wait a minute! I I'm sitting there last night and I said I never heard back from those guys." So I sent an email to their customer support department this morning, and and some guy called me back this morning and apologized profusely and gave me my credit back and all that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, they're trying to make it right. I guess I'll give it one more go. But it just so they, didn't, they didn't reprint the book? Well, the problem is that I asked them actually not to reprint the book because it was so soft with the high-res images down-resed that I was like, you know what? I, if, if it's going to be eight inches on the page, I'll just export it at eight inches with sharpening because obviously oh, your rip's okay. not doing instead, any sharpening. Instead of relying on them to do it. Yeah, because apparently yeah. I can't rely on them to do it. So uh, so I have to rebuild the whole thing, exporting my stuff at the appropriate size and just wow. doing it one-to-one. Does Elko do books? Uh, Elko does not do books that I know of. Um, that would be great. Well, they, they do a fantastic they job. They do a great job. You know what the problem with the Adorama is? They do Their books are really cool because you can do flat, like across two pages and lay the book flat. Mm-hmm. So you could have a 9 by 12 book with some that are double-page landscape shots. Okay. You know, they go full bleed essentially sure. across the thing, almost like a like a wedding album type thing where yeah. they do the, the wedding album bindings. Yeah, and, and that I think that wedding albums are like a huge part of the work that they get there, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why their quality went down because the average person doesn't know any better. Um, but I kind of complained. Yeah, but if I was cropping like, off part of your photo. Well, that's what on. I said. I was like, you know, this is not only a problem for me as far as like having to wait another week and do a lot more work, but it's also you know I'm selling books through you guys. Like people can order some of my books through you, so. If this is the quality they're getting, I'm not going to have them do that anymore because I don't want my work to look like that. Right. Um, so anyway, we'll see. I guess we'll give it another shot. Uh, but it, it, because of that, I went and printed them all by hand. And you know what? You have control at home. 
that you don't I, have no, there. I, I like printing. I, I've been doing more and more printing. We've talked about that. Um, I, I just, I'd like to find a paper that uh, is, I, I guess, closer to the resin, not the resin coated, the fiber coated papers or the fiber papers, not fiber coated, fiber papers that we used to print in in the darkroom, like the Ilford Multigrade or Ilford yeah. Gallery or something like that. And yeah. I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. Um, but you, you had How, said that you don't like uncoated papers for my work, for, your work. for work in my work. No. In fact, for a while I used to use uncoated paper and then one day I printed something on glossy or, or like a, a satin finish and I put them next to each other and I was like, okay, like if I was going to put these in front of somebody, like that's the one I want to put in front of somebody. And it was the one on the coated paper because the, the blacks are so much darker and the saturation is so much richer. Um, but, but that's just for me and my work, my stuff's a lot more saturated and stuff. You were saying that you like to print stuff. A lot of times it's like more black and white, lower contrast, more subdued. Yeah. Lately I have been lately. I've been printing a lot of black and white work. More like I'm, they're I'm, albumin prints and that kind of thing. Do, do what? Albumin prints. It's uh is that what I'm printing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's essentially what yeah, you're I, trying I to do. I take my cart out and, uh, and I, I make sure I, I feed the horse before I go. And yeah. Hey, you know what we forgot to do last week was a photographer of the week, and we 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 yelled at ourselves. We yeah, we kind of blew it last week. But we're gonna uh, we're gonna do two this week. Two this week, and the first one this this is actually kind of cool because this came from a listener, um, and his name is Ray Moore, M O O R E Englishman, from what I can gather. Th- right, Ray Moore is the photographer. Yes, right. Not not the person who sent it. No. Um, interesting stuff. What do you think of it? Uh, I, okay, so we'll put some links in the show notes. Uh, what's fascinating about this guy is apparently he's been around since like the 60s, uh, and he's a big English photographer, um, and w- he shoots black and white, and a lot of his stuff, at least this early stuff, is super contrasty black and white, like where it almost becomes abstract, and some of it's like uh, uh, sand and, and water and, and, and the way, like, you know, the way water goes over the sand and makes all kinds of ripples and things. And then right. he's shooting it sort of this really high contrast, uh, look where it's, they, they become more abstract than realist, realistic images. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I like him. I like his stuff. It's, it's very different than anything that I would ever shoot, which is what makes it interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some, even some of the, um, non-nature stuff because there's some pictures of buildings and 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 roads and streets and some man-made stuff but it's funny because they all feel very (laughs) they feel dark and gloomy in some way yeah they it's they they do they they, they're not depressing i don't think i wouldn't i wouldn't you know what they are they're british wow (laughs) okay and we're uh let's see (laughs) We just lost half of our four seconds in. Yeah. And you've offended entire nation. Yeah. Actually, you know, what's funny. Like the early stuff is really contrasty, but then like when he gets into the eighties, there's another link in here where it's still contrasty because it's very black and white, but there's some shots where it's not like the grays are not very, the blacks are not very black at all. You know that there's more mid tones. See, and I like that. We were talking about that. It's kind of that Ache thing where (laughs) nothing really goes completely to black. And I'm, I'm really liking that currently that's yeah. that's kind of where my work is going now my personal stuff i think with the with the right subject matter it's amazing mm-hmm. um and 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 this stuff is very ethereal it's very um yeah they're just weird uh, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes but this this guy is very very interesting yeah i, I like his stuff a lot ray moore who would have thunk see we find people out of nowhere 
that we wouldn't have expected. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, gosh, I don't have the email up who, who that came from, but uh, I'll try uh, and his, bring... his name was Dom. Uh, That's right. I get this Dom... wrong. Sienna Sibeli. Sienna Sibeli? Maybe. That's a, or that's Sienna Cibelli or Chiana Cibelli? Chiana Cibelli. Chiana Cibelli. So Dom, thanks for sending that in. That's right. Uh, and, you know, if anybody else has any uh, photographers that maybe are more local but uh, serious guys that, or girls that we should know about, uh, send us an email about that. But but we'll stick – we'll sort of append Ray onto this week uh, from last week. Yep. I think we should go um, Okay, so uh, Sony apparently has released uh, the best pocket camera of all time, or so says PC World. No, you know who who invent who made the best pocket camera of all time? Leica. I don't Leica know. in nineteen twenty nine or whatever it was. <laughs> the best oh, yeah? pocket digital Mr. camera <laughs> of all time, uh, perhaps. You know, um, it's it's interesting. It's got it's got great specs. Okay, so what are we talking about? This is a 20 megapixels. The sensor's uh, smaller than APS-C, but much, much, much bigger than your normal little pocket camera. Right. It's got a fast lens. It's uh, f1.8. It's got... Uh, what, what is the... What is the um, so it's got what? a Zeiss lens. Nice. Yeah, is it, is it fixed or is it zoom? Uh, I think it's got a shallow zoom. Yeah, 10.4 uh, to 60 frames order. per second in video, so you can do some slow motion as long as okay. you've got enough light. But here's the thing. It, it, the ISO on this camera, they're, they're saying 25,600. That's crazy on well, a camera this small. It's, well, it's probably not going to look that great. It's not going to mm-hmm. look like a full-frame camera, but I'm sure it's a heck of a lot better than you know it would be on a small camera. They're, apparently, mm-hmm. they're billing it as the professional's compact camera, which is great, but it also comes at a premium price. It's coming out in July. It costs $650. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money. Um, now, now what we, do you carry when you when you go out? Are you, are you carrying a compact phone? camera with you, or do you just use your phone, or what do you do? I don't own a compact camera. You don't own a compact no. camera. Over the years, I've bought every once in a while. I'm like, you know what I'd really love is some little tiny, you know, Canon Power Shot to have in my pocket when I walk around. Mm-hmm. Um, and invariably, I think I've bought two, thinking that you know, sort of at different at different times, and invariably I give it away. To my mother or something. Um, the, the, you know what it is? The quality is just not there enough to carry something else now. And the phone cameras are so good for the average thing that I just need to take a picture of. Right. That I don't yeah, even I, bother. I love the 4S, the iPhone 4S. I, I, I have a, an LX3, a Panasonic LX3, which I, which I also love. But I, no, I'm, I'm sure really if you liking... took the same exact picture with the LX3 in your iPhone, the LX3's image would probably look better. Probably, yeah. yeah especially it's got much better glass. Eighty ISO, it, it looks fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are certainly limitations to your phone, but for me, it's like it's either convenience, like it's in my pocket, or you know, the other day I carried around my five D three in a fifty millimeter lens, and I didn't take any pictures with it. You know, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, why did I just carry that around? I'm not the kind of guy who carries a camera around with them. Uh, if I did, this is a really nice camera. This, you know, this camera would be great for traveling. Sure. You know, if you, I want a camera that could take a great picture but doesn't cost a fortune. Um, well, six hundred fifty dollars. It's still expensive. It's expensive. I mean, that's you know, like they say in the article, that's an entry level DSLR, right? Which would have uh, better uh, image quality. But this is a camera isn't really about image quality. It's about image quality, but it's not. It's you know, it's about as good of image quality as you can get in something that's the size of a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. 
And that's impressive. And I've been waiting for them to make bigger censored compact cameras for years. And only that uh, Canon, what is it, GX1? Uh, or the G1X. G1X. Uh, has has a bigger has a bigger sensor, which is great. But that camera is expensive too. I think yeah, it's eight hundred bucks. That's a so, lot of money. So you know, yeah. I mean, these cameras I think are great if you just want a small camera. Um, and a lot of pros like carrying around a little camera. So maybe this CyberShot's the thing. But I I don't know. It's gear. Gear is gear. It's, it's something not else change. to carry along. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which which the phone's not, and that's the reason why I use my phone. And you know what? Right. It's all the same gear. It's not going to ch- you know. Is there a situation where being able to shoot a 12,000 ISO is going to change your world or there's a shot that you might get? Yeah, okay. I'm sure somebody could come up with a situation where that's true, but is it going to change your world? No. It's a camera. You know, which which you know, just to let's take 5 minutes and get this whole elephant of this new MacBook Pro out of the way. <laughs> you you can't wait, can you? Yeah, so uh for those of you who who are not Mac fans or, or follow what's going on with, with Apple. Uh, yesterday was the beginning of the Worldwide Developer Conference or WWDC in San Francisco where Apple unveils, w- one of the times throughout the year that Apple unveils a, new, a bunch of new hardware. Uh, and they talked about iOS 6, which is, okay, there's some interesting Mountain features. Lion. Mountain Lion, uh, which hopefully will drop next month it yeah. looks like and they updated the airs they updated the old macbook pros with ivy bridge processors and usb3 and yeah. better I mean, graphics everything you expected yes uh but but the the big the big announcement was the new macbook pro uh ivy bridge processors and a retina display 15 inch 15.4 inch screen retina display um but you know i and and i yeah. Wait, believe me i love what, apple gear. 2880 by 1800? Yeah. It's crazy high res. It's high res than my 30 inch. But you take away that screen and the laptop's just kind of eh. I mean, it's nicely designed. It's a beautiful piece of kit. It's a notebook, you know. And and that's kind of where I I went with it. I mean, I don't don't like notebooks. I don't usually edit while I'm on the road. So I want just a big machine Mm -hmm. when I'm at home where I can put storage in it for $150 drive as opposed to spending $1,000 on some promised RAID array. Um, but I could see where photographers, if if you're on the road a lot, and that's yeah. where you do if your main editing. If you're an event guy and, and that yeah. kind of thing, this it would be an amazing piece of kit. Yeah. Your images are going to look beautiful. You're going to be able to right. see them. You'd be able to you know. actually edit them. And I know a couple of wedding photographers who have already bought them. You know. Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's going to be beautiful. The problem is, is that all the pixels in the world are great, but when it comes down to it, like I need more than 15 inches to work in. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm 37. I'm old. 37. <laughs> I'm not old. Um, I'm 37. I'm old. Right. I can't like working on the idea of working on a 15 inch display is just not going to cut it. I mean, I'm sure it's a beautiful display, but you could go out to an external display. You could go out to yeah, one of the, but, you, the, but you're going out to an external display that has a lower resolution than the one built into the laptop. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's that's crazy. That's true. Um, the, the 30 inch cinema has got lower resolution than your 15 inch notebook you know what it is i i saw it i i heard the numbers i was i had a little bit of gear lust for all of five minutes but by the time the video of um by the time the video of johnny ive pontificating of how this is the best thing ever made since the dawn of man was done i was i kind of come back to earth and thought you know what if i bought this laptop and i sat it down in front of me right now 
and I open up my website or did whatever I was going to do, like within five minutes, it would just be a laptop. Right. And I would have thought, okay, because you're not buying a $2,200 version. You're going to upgrade the processor if you're going to want to use it for years because the, the low one is like 2.2 gigahertz. You want the 2.8. Okay, sure. well, that's, If you're going to do any future proofing at all, you're right. looking at four grand. Yeah, well, at least three grand plus, yeah, three grand plus tax plus Apple Care gets you the, the higher end CPU, not the top end CPU, the like middle CPU, 16 gigs of RAM, bigger SSD. Is But I haven't paid $3,000 for a laptop since my original Titanium PowerBook 12 years ago. Right. You know, like that, that's ain't, that's so long ago. Um, but it would be beautiful for editing in the field. It's look, it's it's a beautiful machine. It's not right for me. Um, mm-hmm. But again, this the reason why I brought it up is it's just a piece of kit. That that laptop is not going to make your pictures better, you know. And that's the thing that people have to remember. Um, but it's pretty. And uh, one little thing though that people found out: no upgrading the RAM. So if you get one with eight gigs, you're stuck with eight. That's gigs. That's it. You're stuck. It's all on the motherboard. So now. if you want RAM, you got to buy it when you buy it. Which yeah, which for for a machine that claims to be the pro machine is a little lame to me. It you know? seems and odd. if and if you're charging somebody you know twenty three hundred dollars minimum for a laptop and you remove the Ethernet, don't charge them thirty dollars for the dongle. Yeah, y- you give them the Ethernet dongle if they're spending more than two thousand dollars on a computer. <laughs> Um, that'll be another 30 bucks. That's just, that's just, that's just my little piece of whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, it's a beautiful machine, but I, if, if I'm going to get a laptop, it's going to have a very specific and, and to be honest, very limited use. I, right. I would go for an air. My 13 inch air is fine. The new ones, uh, go up to eight gigs of Ram, which would have been nice. Cause mine's stuck mm-hmm. at four, but other than that, for what I use it for, which is, you know, every once in a while I'm traveling and I need a, it's fine. And they're a hundred dollars cheaper now. And they're a hundred dollars cheaper. So go out and buy an air, at least if you have a (laughs) machine at home. I Uh, I was kind of bummed that, and I I understand it, but I was kind of bummed that uh, they're dropping iPad one support in iOS six. Well, you know, you and I went this yesterday because they haven't dropped the three GS support. Right. And the reason I gave is that they still sell the 3GS. You can get it as the you know, free phone. I think it's a hardware issue. I, I would not be surprised if that, that spiffy new 3D Maps app that they're... Yeah, but the 3GS is slower than the original iPad. Yeah, but you're not pushing around as many pixels. Uh, true. Uh, it, and the, the original iPad has no camera. Maybe they just figured, you know what, it's two years old. That's I mean Go upgrade. Th- that's the Apple way though, man. They're like they're, it is. screw you. Yeah. It, you well, know? to a certain extent. I yeah. mean it's you know Yeah. It's, it's our okay. way or the highway. Suck it up. Buy a new iPad. Hey, you're uh you're a portrait photographer. I am you ever you ever shoot uh the celebrity impersonators? <laughs> I haven't, <laughs> but I saw this? this in the show notes. This is awesome. So this <laughs> so this guy actually goes out and shoots both. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah, uh, this guy, uh, Howard Cow, is that how you pronounce that? C-A-O. Yeah, I can see that. Howard Cow uh, goes out and shoots celebrity impersonators and then uh, goes and finds their, their Asian doppelgangers and, and shoots the exact same photograph side by side. It's almost it, amazing. It really is. The Willie Nelson one? Come on. I, I, I like the George Burns shot. <laughs> 
because I think it's the same guy on both sides. It, it, it you know what? It kind of looks. It might. It might be. It's really close. Yeah, it's frighteningly close. I think that one's just to see if you're watching. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the, the 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 likenesses are amazing, and I I I, I would like to know how much of it is uh, done in post because they're so close. You know, like even the way the hair is and the lighting is exactly perfect. Like, yeah, it, it, it the the setups are this very sort of uh, almost Jill Greenbergy yep. kind of yeah side background lit and side lit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but they're they're yeah. fun. I, I kind of they are fun. You, yeah, you like the Brett Michaels. <laughs> I mean, the clothing right. is exactly the same. Brett Michaels. Brett, how far he's fallen, huh? Has he really? Well, come on, he won the Celebrity Apprentice. Did he really? Didn't he? I think he did. I don't know this stuff. I don't. <laughs> what is celebrity? That's, that's not your your guilty. What what's your hate show? Like what is what is your 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 secret the show that I love to hate? That you, yeah, that you you hate yourself for watching it. It you years ago, like ten years ago, I couldn't stop watching Dawson's Creek. Right. Okay. <laughs> so we'll just end there. We'll just we'll just stop right there. Yeah, check your manhood at the door. <sighs> It's good stuff. Hey, um, he had a dream, man. He wanted to be a director. I, that was a good show. You don't think that was a good show? I, you know, I sure. I, I what happened to Joey? Uh, Joey Potter. She 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 married Tom Cruise, so she did pretty well for herself. <laughs> All things considered, better than Kelly Preston, I think. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's sad because James Vanderbeek's the only guy who doesn't. Okay, let's move on. This is silly. Um, <laughs> Are we really gossiping about Dawson's Creek? No, we're not. We're really not. Uh, let's let's talk. Wow. Let's, let's talk about these photorealistic paintings. All you put seven on listeners thing. have just changed. No, podcasts. they have not. We have a lot of listeners. Actually, I'm, I was pretty surprised when you told me. We we're getting more every single day. Yeah. So day thank you. Uh, yeah. This. I, I, you know what? I, these things. These paintings caught my eye. Uh, and it was really the first one because it, it's it's that chase scene from the French Connection, yeah. you know, under the under the uh, the bridge. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not a photograph. These things are paintings, and they are insanely detailed. People who paint like this make me sick. Like sick, you you hate them, or sick like I hate them because they're mean? way more talented than I will ever be. Yeah. Yeah, see that uh, I'm kind of the same way. And you see, you're a painter. I can't. I can't. I, I can't draw no. a circle. I you no know, compared to this, I'm like you know, scribbling on my walls in my own filth. I mean, there, this, there, there are a lot of guys who can paint like this. Now, obviously, these are coming from photographs. If they're not, I hate them even more. Yeah, but they almost look like they have to be. They right? have to be. Okay, the guys who paint like this, there. A lot of these guys can't do anything other than paint like this, right? It's like almost an autistic thing. Like they are just, they are like the photorealistic painter guy mm-hmm. who's crazy good at making things look hyper-realistic. But you know, it's, there's still, there is such a skill here of, you know, working on this. First of all, the, the, I'm gathering that these are large scale paintings. So when you're painting this, you're working on kind of like Chuck Close, you know, where you're working on a little square at a time and you've got to have the ability to sort of mentally pull back and see the whole. Actually, Jeffrey, he does these on uh, three inch by three inch canvases. Are they really? No. No. Are they really? <laughs> That'd be awesome, no. though. 
<laughs> it would be. Then I would be like, wow. Yeah, but really, a lot yeah. of guys like this, they, 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 you grid this thing out or you project and, and sketch, right? I mean, that's how people do this stuff. I, you know what, though? I, I, you know, I'm a fairly good illustrator. I'm not great, but I'm, I'm okay. I couldn't do this on my best day. Okay. This, this is a crazy level of not only talent, but, but the discipline that you've got to have to plow through one of these things is mind-numbing to me. These are the guys who, you know what, this is like that, uh, that, uh, that artist that drives me nuts, whose name I'm going to forget now, which I'll have to come up with later. The, the guy who does, like, makes, makes Caravaggio paintings out of, like, M&Ms and pieces of magazines and that kind of stuff. I have not seen this. Oh, God, I'll, I'll find it. But it's like... It, out of M&Ms. Uh, whatever. See, could, he, he just, he just makes them. crazy art out of crazy objects. And, and mm. they look exactly... Like, recreates old paintings out of, like, ripped up magazines. And wow. they look exactly like the paintings. And you kind of go, how does... What is going on in your mind that you think like this, you know? Right. Um, there's a lot of photographers who are like that, too, uh, who make things that are just kind of like, where did this come from in your head, you know? Um, you like that guy. Who is the... Did you send me a link of the guy who makes uh oh you put it up on on your site today. Um the guy who, you know, makes the really crazy settings for his portraits. Oh, yeah, uh Ryan Shude. I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right, Ryan, if you're well, <laughs> like he's listening, right? Like he's sitting home going, "Hey guys, thanks for talking about me." Uh Ryan Shude. Uh, yeah, kind of reminds me of of Crudson. Nikki found this guy and uh, reminds me a little Crudson-esque, of Crudson-esque, and I, I and I know how you love the guy who doesn't actually press his own shutter button. But uh... <sighs> you know, Ridley Scott didn't go hefting the camera around the Prometheus set all too often either. But it's still his movie. Yeah, but his stuff is good. Oh come on, this is good. I like this stuff a lot. No, no this you no, know, his stuff is great, and Crudson is great. Um, I'm just giving you a hard time. I know, I know. It's fun to give you a hard time. It it is. It is. You, you do it often enough. It, you're always making fun of me about something. Hey, have you ever uh, done any time-lapse stuff? It, it, I'm going to say no. Because it's, I, I've tried it, and I've, you know, I did a sunset or two, and they, they looked uh, oddly staccato in, in their movement. They just, it didn't turn out right. Um, yeah. yeah. The new thing now is to have those little motorized bars that things can slide along while they're taking the pictures. Yeah, the rigs, the the, the uh, panoramic and, yeah. and time lapse rigs. Uh, there's a Heather and I were at Arches National Park last fall, and we 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 walked hiked up to Delicate Arch, no Landscaped Arch, uh, Landscape Arch. Um, we we hiked up there uh, really early in the morning, like as the sun was coming up. And we got there just as the sun peaked over the mountains, but there was this, these two guys there, and they had a couple of machines, like a couple of cameras hooked up to these like four foot long uh, uh, rigs that like were hooked up by like two tripods, and then this like double bar that went across. And sure. It was like motorized, so it was like snap, sliding a little bit, snap, snap, like moving like a half a centimeter a shot, you know. And I think they were doing one of those like high speed uh, panorama, like those pans across the whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. turn it into video like they do. You know what? They use those a lot in like documentaries and that kind of stuff. Sure. In fact, I yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, we got if a chance just... to spend some time with Carl Taylor out at Joshua Tree when he was doing his. And it, I mean, it's huge time consuming. You know, you're, oh, you're, you're letting the thing consuming. run all night long. The question is, can you do it? I, they all feel very similar to me. I don't know, man. Uh, I. You know, uh, Tom Lowe just released Timescapes, uh, okay. and he's been. This is a film he's been working on for 
two years or more. Um, and there is just some mind-blowing footage in this movie. Uh, this is, uh, what, timescapes.org. Timescapes.org. Um, he started out doing little clips and, and posting his results on, on Vimeo and ended up getting a ton of followers, and, and people were really digging it. So uh, he, he decided he wanted to do this full film and, uh, and got Canon's involvement, uh, shot the thing on a on, – I think he shot it on a Red Epic. Okay, so wait, is it stills or is it? It's it's time lapse, so it's it's a sequence of stills. Okay, but he's you know been crisscrossing the United States, uh, you know New Mexico, uh, Joshua Tree, Arizona, Yosemite, um, and then scored it and you know released this film. And it, it we just got the DVD, uh, I think a week ago, week and a half ago. Um, man, is it it's beautiful. Yeah, and and he's released it. Uh, as a 4K download, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be a big download. Which, I mean, there are no 4K screens that I know of. Are there? I, I mean, I, I think there's I, a I few know. 4K projectors, but it's certainly not the kind of thing where you're going to download the 4K and watch it on your computer. It's 140 gigs. Wow. That's just the trailer. No, that's the movie. Oh, that's 4K the movie. Cineform... Uh, 4,096 by 2,304 pixels, uh, 12-bit. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. That's big. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the 4K versus 3D thing. Like, I, I'm going 4K instead of 3D. I don't get 3D. I, I, I keep hoping that 3D will go away. It just seems, it, it seems like... Although I don't know, it just seems tacked on. There's a huge, uh, there's a huge... 3D, like old school 3D, like stereoscopic cameras, like the red blue where you wear little glasses. Yeah, but you, or or the viewers where like your your eye is actually you like hold the thing up to your eyes and it shows you a different picture with each eye. You ever see these things? Mm-mm. There's clubs that people who do this stuff. There's a guy uh, like as like performance art type of thing. No, no, no. This is like back in like the 20s and 30s and stuff. Ah, okay, like back okay. in the day, and they would take pictures of stuff. And there were actual cameras that had two lenses, um, so you could take these stereoscopic things and then they would basically kind of print out on these cards that slid in this viewer and then it kind of had a a card in the middle that divided it so your left eye didn't see what your right eye saw like they saw their own things you would hold this thing up to your eye kind of like a view master and oh i used to love my view master yeah like that but imagine it looking like 3d did you ever have the view master that that had the the audio commentary as well had like the little the little tapes that you put in no Oh, that was the coolest. It wasn't just the little red one. It was it was longer. It was almost like a like one of those old cassette players that had the, you know like the row yeah, of buttons. Yeah. But you'd you'd put the disc in the top and then and then start the tape and it would ha- you'd have like audio narration would along with what you were, or would it tell you when to advance. No, you had to advance. Okay. I think I don't um, remember, but I think you had to advance. But th- there are people who were like really into the stereo ph- photography thing, and they'll go buy all these old cameras and like rig them up and that kind of thing and then there's people who have taken like say two g10s and rigged them up so that they shutter at the same time so they can like hold it up and that the lenses are exactly the same about the same distance as your eyes huh and they take these 3d things uh one of my professors at berkeley college of music is uh named rob jasko and he's totally into this stuff like to this day and when he travels he shoots uh he shoots uh 3d stereoscopic stuff which is really cool. Like, I mean, you, you stick your head in and you're like looking as if you were there. So this thing fits over your head? 
It, no, it's like you just hold it up to your eyes. Ah, okay. I'll I'll, huh. I'll, I'll find some I'll find yeah, some links po- and put it in because it's yeah, uh, please do. It's it, stereo photography is a whole other thing. Uh, Interesting. It's, it's it seems like a lot of work to me. And do you, does it really look that different, or, or are you? Oh, is no, it like three D? It's like wow, look at that rock, and okay. it's in front of that wall. Like I mean, you can actually see depth. Okay. Uh, it's, so it's, it's not like, like the looking for the dolphin and the little. The no, little no, 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 no. It's like you, you, you look in and it looks like it's 3D. It's huh. pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. No, it's it's totally cool. Um, so I'll yeah I'll put some stuff in and then maybe we can even do some research and talk a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I. What? All this all this talk about about you know process and I, I want to get a film camera again, but I'd like to I'd like to go larger. You know, like you've got your four by five and you've still got, do you still have any Polaroid left? The 55? Uh, yeah, I do. A few. Okay. I, you know, hmm. you, you want to go, you want to go larger than 35. Yeah. W- yeah. Why? Cause, just, cause you want to just for to... the process of it because I've never done it. Okay. I mean, I've, I've shot with like the, I had a Yashica mat. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's fine. But I, I've never, I've never shot with a view camera and I'd like to, I'd like to have that experience. Because it seems like a different process altogether that I think I would really enjoy. Well, you can certainly buy. Do you ever do your own processing? Not anymore. Okay. Um, I mean, if you were doing black and white, you could do your own black and white processing at home, you know, which would save you a lot of money. Uh, the only, you know, the so I have a four by five, a Cambo four by five that I haven't taken out of my the case in like a year. The problem with it that I have is that um, without instant film. Uh, I have to then go bring my film in someplace and get it developed and mm-hmm. doing the sheets. It used to be that you could get these uh, like quick load sheets that had, you know, the dark slide built in. So you, so you didn't have to, you could just stick it in the holder and open up the dark slide and take the picture and close it down and pull it out. And you didn't have to worry about it getting exposed to light. Okay. Sort of like a sheet of film with the dark slide attached. Sure. Um, so then you could just take these, these, this a bunch of these like little like sheets and bring them in and they'll they do all the work for you at the at the at the, at the lab. Um, nowadays, like you can't even get any of those anymore. So what you're left with doing is the old school way of actually taking the sheets of film into a dark room, loading them into the old like plastic or wooden holders. Right. Uh, which to me becomes beyond the point at which I want to get involved. Right. But that might actually be all the kind of stuff that you find romance in. Can you can you do it in a changing bag? I mean, is it yeah, is there you, enough room? Yeah, you could do that if if it's a big enough bag. Yeah, um, it, it's not that big of a deal. It's just like it's more. It's too much of a of a deal for me. Like I'm not. I'm. I love photography and I love slowing down taking pictures. But there's a point at which it just becomes sort of absurd. Um, for, See, I, for I me. just I've I've found that I'm missing I'm missing process. Well, you know what? Four by fives are cheap, man. Like I bought mine. I bet you even now even cheaper. But five years ago, I bought my Cambo with like the equivalent of like a 60 or 70 millimeter lens on a, on a 35 millimeter camera um, with a big tripod with a head with a Polaroid back with, you know, a bunch of regular film backs, the whole thing with, you know, uh, uh, a loop and a hood. And the whole thing was like $800 on eBay. No kidding for the whole kit. Yeah. Wow. Uh, And that was five years ago. So think about it now. When there's even more of them out there that people are just sick of, I bet you could find a decent four by five for five hundred bucks. Huh? Uh, it, it's it's a very different thing, and it takes you back. And you know, you are making a handful of exposures at a time versus you know twelve exposures on a medium format or thirty six exposures. You know, you're sure. doing just a handful. Um, but 
they mean more individually, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I the other way you could go is just get yourself a uh, like a decent medium format camera, buy a Hasselblad five hundred or something. Mm. Or See that I was uh, Nick and I went to a, a photo. I guess it's like a photo swap meet in Pasadena uh, a few weeks ago, and they had a beautiful black on black Hasselblad. Oh, just gorgeous! That I uh, I was so close. How much? Uh, I think it was twelve fifty. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's a bunch of yeah. There's but I mean, it was pristine. It was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, you be I bought my Hasselblad five years ago again for maybe eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. from Keh, uh, and it's fine. It's great. Yeah, there's speed graphics on here that are supposedly in good shape and work for four hundred twenty five bucks. Camera only or with a tripod? Uh, that's just camera, I think. But there's some really I'd nice. I'd love ones. to find something that's a that's a whole kit. Well, you know? yeah, sure. I'm sure there are kits here too somewhere. I'm just flipping through what's on eBay here. Um, but it's just crazy the stuff you can get. So cheap. You yeah. Know? A friend of mine had this really beautiful, like there's the the Zone 6 cameras, which are still like $1,800 and that kind of thing. Um, but they're, 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 a friend of mine had, what is the company called? It starts with a W. Uh, I'll figure it out. It was a beautiful camera. Mm. Uh, uh, it, it was, it was like handmade and really fancy looking, you know, wow. like it, like it felt all deluxe and it folded up into like this very small compact package. Um, and it was four by five. Yeah, it was four by five. And, and, wow. uh, Wister, Wister, Wista. Wistoff? No, I thought, I thought it was Wista. Let me see. Um, I might be crazy. No, Wista. That's it. They're a Japanese company, uh, and they, they they sell. But yeah, you can get them for like yeah, you can get them for. Oh, some of these are like fifteen hundred bucks, but there's some cheaper ones in here too. But it was beautiful because it was actually it was like all made of. I think it was some sort of redwood. It was it was a beautiful camera. It was a beautiful object. Um, and I borrowed it. That was the first four by five I ever took a picture with, and I took a picture of my sister that she hates to this day. <laughs> <laughs> And reminds you every chance she yeah, gets. But you know what? Go, I mean, the thing, the cool thing about the bad thing about film is that it's going away and it's harder to do and it's less convenient as days go by. Mm-hmm. The good thing about it is that it all the equipment, at least, is getting cheaper and cheaper because less and less people want them. I mean, re- realistically, you could set up you could set up a way to just do contact sheets, black and white, fairly inexpensively. For oh, four by five, yeah. I'm sure at home, yeah, and you could and you could do contact prints even. I mean, you don't even need an enlarger to do contact prints. It's really just sure. about getting the light right. Um, it, 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 all of that's perfectly reasonable. Um, and I I like little tiny prints, like four by five. And what do you do with the chemistry? Well, you that just... that is the reason why I don't do my film at home is because chemistry is pretty nasty. Yeah, and you don't want to just dump that down no. the drain. That's, no, that's, that's bad. bad news bears. It's, that's a bad scene. Yeah. Um, but the people do, you know, uh, I mean, you could reuse it and like the people then like rejuvenate their developers. So you, you add a little bit more silver to it to like replenish. Um, there's was ways you was telling me that you can develop with coffee. Or yeah, I that there are was ways. Yeah. There, in fact, I think we talked about it. Our first show, there's a link. You should go check it out. I don't know how good it looks, but <laughs> I don't can listen do to it. the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was in episode one. There's some, there's some, there's a coffee. A I didn't believe who, you. Yeah. I put the show in the show notes, so you can go check it out. 
right. By the way, we updated the show notes. So if you go to ontakingpictures.com, uh, you can uh, slash podcast. You'll get uh, show notes and, and listings of all the last episodes. Hey, we got uh, another uh, review, by the way. Yeah, it was a nice view. Apparently, yeah. uh, I rant too much. Well, it, but at least you're erudite without being snobby. It's true. I think we, which, we, which, which is very nice to hear. Uh, it is nice to hear. We Thank like you the for reviews, that. so people go give us reviews, especially yeah. if they're positive ones. Uh, we also <laughs> we also have a, a new thing, which is uh, we have a sponsor. Our first sponsor. Yeah, and uh, I just like to preface this and say that we are going to add a sponsor or two per episode. However. Um, know that we like the companies that we are sponsoring. In fact, we are going to try to make sure that we use the products of all of them that sponsor. Yeah, I, I actually really do like these guys. Uh, Red River Paper has, has come on board, and uh, I, I use their polar mat. We've talked about that before. I love their polar mat paper. Yeah. Um, I, so. I, I like the uh, Ultra Pro Satin. Yeah, you like the satin. I, I've got some of that on order, oh. so it should be here next week. The Ultra Pro satin is beautiful, and they just they just had a, a deal on it a couple weeks ago, but I'm sure they had a 30 percent off sale. It ended on Saturday. Yeah, but the the Ultra Pro satin it feels like um it feels like a coated uh, uh like a, a classic coated uh, pearl kind of finished paper, like a satin paper. Yeah. So it's 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 coated, and, and you get the glossy look without it actually being glossy. It's kind of got that like stippled kind of feel. But it's not so pebbly. No, no, right? no. It's not That's super what you pebbly. Were saying about it. it's, it's, it's not. It's not like the pebble finish. It's of, fairly. Of a lot of yeah, papers. like you wouldn't. You wouldn't notice unless you were an inch away from it that it had uh, a texture. <clears throat> but um, they've got all kinds of. You know, you got glossy paper. There's multiple kinds of satin and glossy and luster and matte. And there's fine art paper. And they've got everything. Yeah. Um, I I don't know when I found these guys. A couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. No, it must have been. Man, it must have been like five years ago. Um, the thing that I like about them is that their papers are way cheaper uh, for the quality than you'd find. They're as good or better than the manufacturer's paper or a lot of the uh, fancier papers that you buy, um, but at essentially half the price. Like these guys go get this great paper from all over the world, and then they take it back to Texas and they cut it up into whatever sizes uh, you request. Right. And, uh, and you know, where other places might be $2 a slice for the si- the bigger sizes, you know, you get them from them for one. You know, um, they're really, really good. And uh, if you guys want to, uh, they, they've, they've, they've gone out for us. So if you go to redriverpaper.com slash OTP for on taking pictures, uh, you have a little landing page and they've given us the promo code of OTP, which will give you 10% off your order through the end of the month. I can't believe nobody had that. OTP? Yeah. Is it kind of like I mean, OPP? It, I, 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 <laughs> Wow. So you gotcha. Yeah. Welcome uh, back to 1983 with your host. Um, well, you yeah. Don't, you don't I, like any any of the small, you know, three or four letter. Th- I'm just always surprised that there are any of those left. Well, we have it. But so, yeah, you can get 10% off. Um, uh, and if you, if you want to try them out, they for 13 bucks, uh, you can order a sample pack, which gives you their glossy, their satin, their luster, their matte, their specialty, and fine art papers, all like one kit. I think it's like 18 slices of paper. That you can try out with your printer and make sure they work. And these guys, it's, it's twelve ninety nine to try it yeah. out. Um, and the great thing about these guys is uh, they actually know things about uh, printing. So they've got profiles for the Canon and Epson and HP printers for all their different right. papers. You can download them right from the site. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the profiles are really good. So these guys are where it's at if you print at home. 
So on taking pictures. And you should print at home, at least a little bit. Yeah, Red River Paper is great. So uh, thank you for having them uh, as our sponsor. It's really great. Uh, this week's photographer is whom? Sally Mann. You love Sally Mann. I do love her work. I really Tell me do. why you love Sally Mann. I, you know, it's atmospheric. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, do you it's, think she's hot? It's, do what? Do you think she's hot? You know what? I honestly... I've, I've watched a, a couple things on her, but I couldn't tell you what she looks like. Okay. Um, I think she's probably most well-known for a series she did called Family Pictures. Yes. Uh, where, where she took... Uh, pictures of her kids smoking cigarettes. Well, yeah, yeah, or yeah, sure. Or was, nude. It, was, was the game to like make them look like adults in that series? Because there are a lot of those pictures where they're very, they have a very adult vibe about them. I don't know. There's there's one particular photograph of of the two girls and the boy that that I get a very like Lord of the Flies vibe. From. Oh, it's there's totally just, Lord of the Flies. You know what I mean? There's just yeah. attitude there. They're just like you know yep. it's such a fantastic photograph yeah um, and she shoots a 8x10 a lot of the time or at least used to that's humongous yeah no it's really big and I've seen uh, I've seen her do like collodion process mm-hmm. photographs mm-hmm. at her place all wet plate which is hardcore see uh, that's another thing that I would love to try but I'm I'm just afraid that I would blow myself up or something or or you know I wouldn't notice a cut on my hand or something I get cyanide in it or, no I don't it's, know. it's it's the clothing stuff is, is totally cool. I just, I don't have the patience for it again. Uh, I'm yeah. more interested in making the picture than obsessing over chemicals. Um, yeah, no, her, her, her stuff is beautiful though. Yeah. Um, there's a, another series that she did where, where she went to uh, the body farm. You know this place? Yeah. The, that's uh, the, where they do forensic testing on, on, you know, human remains decomposition for, for like the CIA. Uh and uh, just some grisly photographs, but they almost, they almost look like, um, they almost look like war, war images. Yeah. Like the, the civil war shots. Yeah. They totally look like, like Matthew Brady civil war shots. Yep. Um, and, and as far as I know, does she always work black and white? Um, no, not always. Okay. There are a few color shots in, in this body farm. Most of them are black and white. Yeah. She's largely black and white. Man, body. I just, I love her work. Yep. I really do. I, I think it's a good choice. Now, you know, there's something that we were talking about about her stuff before, um, which which is the the fact that they uh, some of these pictures, especially of her family and stuff, are are of children largely naked and girls with no shirts on. And mm-hmm. in, in yeah, she actually stopped. They, they they got to a certain point where they said, you know, okay, enough. <laughs> Enough with the taking of the pictures. And, and the, the, I, from my eyes, some of them feel sexual. Okay. Um, and that may be the intent. Yeah, it, it may be. And it probably is the intent. Now, here's the thing. She is a woman and she's taking pictures of her children uh, in these situations. Do you, do you think she that if you and I did that, we'd be thought of as creepy if we were taking pictures of our daughter with no shirt on? Yes. Right. So why is that? I, I don't, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a perception. I think that, that I don't know, maybe it's because uh, arguably most, most pedophiles are men. Yeah. It's a very weird, you know, or standard statistically or the ones that are reported anyway. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I talked about it with Nikki and she, she was kind of the same way. She's like, I, I don't have as much of a problem with this 
as a mom myself, I, I don't have as much of a problem with it. But but if if the father or of a you know if a man did the same photograph, I, I might have a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's been a it's gone so far in one direction where any photograph of a child is automatically assumed to be for sexual reasons and all right. that kind of stuff, you know. Right. Um, I used to date that uh, girl Andrea over in England, and there's these you know those crazy like water spout things that they have in some like locations where the water's just shooting out of the sidewalk like up in spurts. Oh sure, yeah. sure, like patterns. Yeah. They, they they're kind of rhythmic right. or something. Yeah. yeah. So they sure. have a thing like that on the South Bank in London, and she was walking around, and these kids were frolicking in the water, and one of the boys had his shirt off or whatever, and she took a picture of these kids frolicking in the water and she entered it into a competition at this like local place and uh, it got accepted. It, you know, went into the thing they were going to put it in the show. And then she got a call like two days before saying they had to remove it because they thought they'd get in trouble for child pornography. Really? Yep. Wait, wait he, and was literally he, it was, was like a nude. No, it's like an eight year old kid running around in his just no shirt. shorts. Yeah. Huh. And it's just it I mean and this is England, I don't know what the laws are or whatever it is, but it's just it's gotten to the point where it's just silly, you know? Yeah. I mean it's the same thing with um with you know, you're walking around, you want to take a picture of some building and they're like, This is a public building, you can't take pictures of it for terrorism reasons. It's like, are you kidding me? You don't right. think if I was trying to get a picture of it for terrorism reasons, I would find a way? Right. You yeah, think I'd be standing out front with Google a Google Earth? Yeah. Can't they do that? Exactly. Like Street uh, View or something. Right. I wouldn't be using a tripod on the sidewalk. Right. Um, so in 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 a similar kind of way it's kind of like photographers freedom and I'm not saying this is like a you know it's this isn't braveheart or anything. No, but I I get what you're saying and there it, there is a I don't know. There there is a thing where you you look at these photographs and maybe it's the time that we live in. Yeah. You know, had had we been looking at these photographs 50 years ago or or you know, Thirty years ago, or even twenty years ago, would we have the same reaction to them? Yeah, you know, um, the Sally Mann stuff—that's from the mid '80s to early '90s. Sure. I wonder if you if you took these pictures today, I think there would be a much bigger backlash against them. Oh yeah, I th- I think there'd be a, a, a much bigger uproar um, from taking these now. Yeah, and that's kind of it's kind of messed up. Yeah, I mean, as, uh, as Mary a, Ellen Mark did did some stuff too with. Uh, kids smoking and whatnot and and you know i mean there i don't know there at some point there are there there are a there are a group of people there are groups of people that are going to see straight through the art of it and go to that place you know that it that there is some sort of sexual uh connotation yeah no, no matter what but i i would imagine that 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 those people could find that in virtually anything, not just these photographs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but it's funny because this, I mean, that series is, is largely how Sally Mann made her name. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, those are the pictures that people, if they see them are like, Oh, I've seen that one before where a right. lot of her other work you have. I mean, that's, that's her calling card. Right. Um, and, and maybe it gets points for the fact that it's sexualizing children. Like, you know, there's, there's all the social commentary based upon that. Sure. But but it is but I think that her being a woman does change how people look at them. 
Yeah, um, I mean, different than if you know Terry Richardson had shot them. Oh my god! T- well, Terry Richardson <laughs> shoots worse stuff than that. But yeah, no. If, if Terry Richardson took anything of the pictures that he takes of little kids, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. But Terry Richardson's kind of creepy. <laughs> he he actually does look like a pedophile. <laughs> um, but no, I and I agree. And uh, you know, this is a good. She is a good choice because she's a modern female photographer. Which is interesting mm-hmm. that we've actually moved, you know, not that there aren't a billion older, like really ancient photographers that we can continue talking about. And I'm sure we will. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a shortage of material. No, no. But, but you know, it's funny because there's that At 12 uh, series on our website. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. I um, love this series. Yeah. And some of them, like the uh, right hand column, middle shot of the girl against the laundry. It almost that looks like a, a Cameron photograph. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- that could be a century before. Yeah, could have been taken a uh, hundred. Yeah, absolutely. maybe we'll do Cameron as next week's photographer, so we could talk okay. about the 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 push and pull of that kind of stuff. Um, and and yeah, and, I, and the question of what what makes a picture look modern or vintage? Mm-hmm. Like some of Cameron's photographs look like they are from today. You know. Yeah. Uh, so and, what it, what what makes a photograph timeless? Well, I think part of it is taking out things that date it you know mm-hmm. oh look there's a 1974 car in the background well you know or hairdress hairdos and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um if you isolate people and 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 you're using a, a technology that that has been around for all that time i think you can you can you can not just get away with but you can you can create these things that sort of transcend time you know sure there's some sort of close-up shots that uh julie cameron took that are that are they they literally look like they were taken in the 1970s. Hmm. You know, the people look like they're from the like they're hippies from the 70s. So it's um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Well, don't give it all away, man. Save all it right, for next we'll, week. we'll save it for next week. Um, you got anything else? Anything else on the list while we're at it? Uh, let me see. I don't think so. You got your. Um, uh, we got to talk about your little camera in there. I, I think my you little should, cam. What my little camera? I think you should buy a four by five. You know, I, get a little folding four by five. Get some. Okay, like what? Like one of the Graflex things, or, yeah, or that, something like work. that. I'll, you know, I'll I'll do some research and I'll do some. I'll send you some links, and if we want, we can discuss more particulars next time. Um, See, I would I would like to come to New York when we when we come visit. I w- I would like to go out and shoot film with you. We can do that after, after we go to the diner and get an egg sandwich. Do we do we have to shoot with the four by five? Because my four by five is on rails and it's big and heavy. Well, if I got one of these little. Graflex units, I can just carry it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still takes a few minutes to set up, though. These things are not handheld cameras. Although people did shoot them handheld. If you're Ouija and shooting dead people with big giant flash bulbs that go, yeah, flash yeah that's bulbs. another area. Okay. Oh, I, I was looking real quick before we yep. we wrap up. I was looking through. You know, the, we talked a little bit about the New York, um, uh, the, the photos of of old New York that have been released. Yeah. Uh, the site was back up for a little bit, or somebody put up some sets of uh, the crime scene photos. Sure. Oh, crazy grizzly! Wait, the Ouija stuff. Yeah. Do you like uh, that? Where stuff? you can see, you can see the. Uh, well, there's a big the, giant show of his stuff at ICP right now. Ah, uh, see, you should go to that and report back. I have been to it. I can report back without even having to go again. <laughs> um, I think I think his stuff's cool. I think that it's it does at a certain point though get kind of. I don't know. I get bored of it after a while because it's like, I, okay, look, another dead I, person. 
I find it, I, more so than the photographs, I find it an interesting social commentary on sort of a snapshot in, in, in American culture. True. Where, where this was, uh, I mean, we think we're violent now, but, you know, th- there was some violence going on yep. in, in, in the 20s, 30s, and 40s that was just out on the street. Yeah. And, and, you know. and there's, you know, pictures of uh, groups of people staring at these bodies on the street and people like waving and smiling. Right. It's, it's uh, just it's kind of messed up. It's, it's very Twin Peaksy. Just so you know, uh, Ouija is up until September 2nd. So get out here before September And where is this? This would be at the International Center of Photography. ICP. Yeah. Started See, by uh, Robert Kappa's brother, I do believe. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good place. And they have a lot of shows. This thing has been up for a while, though. It's been up since January. I, I saw it back in January. It was good. It's amazing. I just, it's, you know, not my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got they've you, got. You did all, kind of an homage to to one of these with with the tripod legs visible in the frame. Yes. Did you not? Yeah, uh, yeah. That that's almost more of like the crime scene photos that the police used to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. but one of those drabbles, which was actually kind of fun. I need to do more fake dead people. It was surprisingly uh-huh. difficult though to find people who would want to get photographed looking like they were dead. Uh, you know, I just I just did. Uh, we did a little shoot with with Nikki's daughter Bethany, uh, a little zombie shoot for our our next uh, recipe pack for Rad Lab. That's going to be kind of fun. Yeah. I'll throw that up this okay. week. Absolutely. Something fun, something different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was just a good time. So what do we got? We got, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, it is podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Yes. Uh, we are on the Twitters. I am at Bill Wadman and you I'm are at Jeffrey Sidoris, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. If you, do you always have to spell your name? Because both you know your what? first name and last name kind of require a little bit of something. There's some explanation. It's almost I, like I Jeffrey E R Y Sedoras Double D One R. Okay, well, you know, yeah, yeah, that that works too. Um, Most of the time, people spell it R E Y. Yeah, because that's the classic, right? I don't know. Um, I like it your way. It's distinguished. Well, thanks. So if you guys want to go, I'll keep it. <laughs> if you guys want to go over to our iTunes uh, page, you can find a link to it on, on taking pictures.com. Yep. Uh, feel free to give us a rating and leave us a review. Uh, and if you have any uh, comments, questions, uh, uh, artists that you suggest we take a look at articles that you have that come up, anything like that, uh, or uh, want to yell at us and have us respond. Uh, it's uh, again, it's podcast at on taking yeah that's it no i'm good you okay go buy some paper at red river yeah and print some things printing is i'm gonna go print some more stuff this afternoon actually you should yeah you should i'm gonna finish out finish out my uh my uh portfolio for the week did you not finish everything uh i printed like 30 i think i want a few more handful more I do like right, 12 at a time. That fits. That covers my kitchen table with 11 by 14s. I let them nice. dry for a few minutes before I put them in the plastic. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you for, uh, for listening. Yeah. I appreciate it. See you later. All right. See you next week. <laughs>